Carlson, now Smith, he scores! Carlson between his own legs to Riley Smith. The Knights take a 4-1 lead. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Now at the other end, a drop pass to Claire. Oh my goodness! A glove saved by Hill! No way! No way! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling along here, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, hanging out with you. On a Tuesday, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, working on getting Darren Millard at some point here in the next 15, 20 minutes. He does not have sticks down. He does not have his sticks down. We have not dropped the puck yet with Darren Millard, but we are here. It is, as I mentioned a couple of times, final week of shows before the summer hiatus. And also, if you're interested, not right now, but at some point during this hour, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Battle for Vegas charity softball game between Team Riley Smith and Team Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's the Golden Knights, it's the Raiders, it's a super fun event, it's awesome, it is a, a great charity event that was spearheaded by Riley Smith. So if you want to go to that game, you want to be listening for the remainder of the show, we will give those tickets away at some point here between now and when we give them away. So the NHL awards were last night, and uh, we had a little bit of fun trying to find out which of the musical acts Chris Chapman was most interested in. We found out that that was Jelly Roll, but let's go through the winners from last night's NHL awards. We're going to start with the Hart Trophy. We're going to start with Connor McDavid once again winning the Hart Trophy. Connor McDavid standing alone amongst all of his peers. Just a phenomenal player. Did you happen to catch the voting, Chapman? <laughs> I think I know where you're going. <laughs> Did, well, I'm, I'm just I'm asking I, you a question. I, Did I, you happen to see the voting? I, I saw a lot of tweets about a particular vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I did see the voting. Okay. And I, I, I'd I be lying if I said I had it memorized, but I did see lots of tweets about a certain guy from the Pittsburgh uh, whatever the we're hell. not we're not even gonna do it we're not even gonna do it <laughs> I, I it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter Connor McDavid won the Hart trophy Connor McDavid should have won the Hart trophy Connor McDavid received 195 first place votes out of 196 195 first place votes out of 196 votes he didn't receive one second place vote or one third place vote, or one fourth place vote. Connor McDavid received 195 first place votes and one fifth place vote in the Hart Trophy. I just don't get it. Like, legitimately. And 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 you know me, Chapman. Like, you know that I am not the guy that's going to sit here and be like, well, listen, he had the most points, so therefore he was the most valuable. Like, I'm not that guy. I was leading the charge that it should have been Austin Matthews the year that Austin Matthews won the heart over Connor McDavid because by definition, 
Austin Matthews was a more valuable player because he did the thing that no one else can do better than him, and that was score goals. And the hardest thing to do in the National Hockey League to provide value for your team is to score goals. And last year, nobody scored more goals, no one had more assists, and no one had more points than Connor McDavid. I'm sorry, when you lead the league in scoring by the margin that McDavid did, you are the most valuable player, period, full stop. It, it's just the way that it is. And and the beauty of this is when you look at the ballot, the players that were ahead of McDavid are phenomenal. Like, you want to tell me... I don't even know. I don't even know who, I, no, 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 who we I'll, put I'll, ahead of them. We'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Um, like, you want to tell me you believe in David Pasternak? Okay. Sure. Like, you can convince me of that. You can give me an argument. You'd be wrong. Not this year you can't make an argument. You you could try. But you're wrong. But you're wrong. Yes. Like, that's just what it is. You're wrong. Okay? You're wrong. I'm sorry. You're wrong. You could get to... <laughs> you could get to Pasternak. <laughs> Neither but, of us can keep a straight face. <laughs> Pasternak at number one is 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 rough in, in my estimation. But he had Pasternak one. Jason Robertson number two. Now, again... In terms of individual value to his team, I don't think that you can really go wrong with Jason Robertson. But I'd also make the argument that Jason Robertson and Rope Hints are kind of a 1A, 1B situation in the same way that McDavid and Dreisaitl are, only McDavid and Dreisaitl are leap years ahead of those players. Yes, much better than than. And as, good, and as good as Robertson was early on in the year, he waned quite a bit at the end of the season and did not have the productive pace that he had that would have had him as a legitimate heart contender. Well, yeah, like remember the, the story going into the series with the Golden Knights was mm-hmm. he he had he had lost his scoring touch. Yeah. So it was a story when he scored a couple goals early on in that series. So it was Pasternak one, Robertson two. Here you go. Oh boy. Ilya Sorokin. The goalie on a team that didn't win the Vesna, <laughs> finalist, but didn't win the Vesna, and <laughs> barely got into the playoffs. Ilya Sorokin, more valuable than Connor McDavid. <laughs> this is an honest reaction. That's, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yes, and then and then the guy. Oh, it gets better. And then the guy that absolutely unequivocally should have been either one or two. If you're going to put McDavid anywhere. Beyond one or two, you could put him third, and it would be Matthew Kachuk. Like, listen, I know based on the Stanley Cup final, there are not a lot of people in this valley that love Matthew Kachuk. He is a gamer. He is a phenomenal hockey player. There is no one out there that can do what Matthew Kachuk can do. The fact of the matter is this. The only reason, the only reason, that the Florida Panthers got into the playoffs, beat the Boston Bruins, and went on the run that they did is because Matthew Kachuk is value personified. Beyond, beyond David Pasternak. So if you want to talk in, you want to talk into an argument that there's a player that might deserve it more than Connor McDavid, it begins and it ends with Matthew Kachuk. Which, again, if you're going to put the likes of Jason Robertson, great year, not an MVP quality year. If you're going to put Ilya Sorokin, come on, what are we doing here? I, I just don't know if I can take it seriously. Well, I, I'd like to know the justification for having Jason Robertson over Connor McDavid, considering both teams finished 
with 109 and 108 points respectively. Edmonton one point better than Dallas over the course of the season. McDavid's numbers run circles around Jason Robertson's numbers. And Jason Robertson had an incredible season. Like by by any normal standard, Jason Robertson is in the discussion. Not this year. There's zero people in the discussion this year. Like I, I, I just don't understand. Like, like, all right, maybe you say, oh well, well, uh, you know, may, maybe you, you, you can justify that Dallas was a better team based on what I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know in what world you would say the Stars are better than the Oilers. But down the stretch, Edmonton, they were the best team from the All Star break on in yeah. terms of points. Yeah, and like David was leading the charge. Like, I, I don't know in what. I mean, I, I'm not even going to even attempt to wonder what was going through this guy's mind with Sorokin. Mm-hmm. Good goalie. Yeah. Not not even the Vezina Trophy winner. No. No. Mm-mm. Like, to me, that ballot is, I'm just going to be the guy mm-hmm. to, to put... Who, like, like it, remember who, who last year there was a goalie mm-hmm. that was on the, the, the list? I can't remember if it was for, for Calder. I just don't remember, but we were laughing about it last year. It's like, what are some of these guys doing? Look, you don't have to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the guy who says, I'm going to come up with an excuse to not give the greatest player on the planet the, the 195 out of 196. Yeah. And it's that. Would have been, it would have been the second time McDavid would have been a unanimous heart trophy. Now, winner. if you have McDavid second. And maybe you put Pasternak for all right. He was he was Pasternak was 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 the best player on the best team it's in the regular not, season. It's not even that you you put Pasternak first. It's that you put you McDavid fifth. fifth. It's un, it's unreal. And and just to add a little bit of context and also take a shot at Jamie Ben. Um, <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Jamie Ben. I'll get up at eight a.m. and drink a beer hit for 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 that. Jamie Ben in twenty fourteen fifteen. So 2014-2015, that season, Jamie Benn won the Art Ross Trophy. The Art Ross Trophy is obviously the award that is given to the player that amasses the most points in an NHL season. Jamie Benn won the Art Ross Trophy with 87 points. 87 points. Connor McDavid had 89 assists this year. (laughs) 63 goals, 153 points. Like, let's what what are we actually doing here? And I know, again, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that's gonna sit there and say, you know what? The most points wins MVP. I don't go that way. I don't talk about it in 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 that degree. But I cannot sit here and say that anybody, anybody was more valuable to the game more valuable to their team than Connor McDavid scoring 63 goals. He had a legitimate shot at 50 and 50. That's value. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Robertson's numbers, mm-hmm. and you said that McDavid had 89 assists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to put it in perspective, Jason Robertson had 109 points. McDavid had only 20 less assists than Robertson had points. Like I I like Jason Robertson. He he may end up winning one of these one year. Mm-hmm. But there is zero justification to putting him like you can't say, well he was more valuable to the Stars because Edmonton finished with more points. He's also I I would say he's Batman and Robin with with as you mentioned Rope Hints. Mm-hmm. 
He may be, but the problem is you can't differentiate who's Batman and who's Robin. It's fair. With Edmonton, you know who's Batman and who's Robin. In fact, I don't think they have, they, they may not even have a Robin. They have Batman and Superman. <laughs> More or less, yeah. But McDavid is Superman, or unless you're a Batman fan, then you say McDavid is Batman. But even compared to the season Drysidel had, and Drysidel had a, had a really good season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see Drysidel on that list. No. No, which again, like, like there, there, there's just no justification. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, and then the more I've sat yeah, and, with and it. By the way, Leon Dreisaitl had 128 points. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and again, what are we doing? Wasn't the most valuable player to his team. No, it just wasn't. It's not even close. It's not close. It's not close. I and, mean, and it, it, imagine a world where we're arguing about a guy who has 128 points, and we say he's not even the most valuable player on his team. And remember last year, right when I was just when I was talking about how. In terms of McDavid, when you score 100 points in a shortened season, in a 56-game schedule, when you score 100 points, 100-plus points, and then you're just kind of flirting with like 120, 130, that is not another season where you set the bar incredibly high. That is not another season where you show above and beyond. You are the best player in the league. You're the most valuable player in the league. And because that was what happened, rightly... I argued against Connor McDavid. This year, not that. This year, Connor McDavid came in and he proved to the world he is the best offensive player. He proved to the world that if you take him off of the Edmonton Oilers, they are not the same team. Period. End of story. You cannot argue how valuable this player is to this team. It's just that simple. He's that good. He's that valuable. And I don't think there's anyone that's going to touch where he's at right now. Like, this isn't a season where a guy had... The, the the amount of points he did, mm-hmm. and the team finished in like fourth place, right, or fifth place, and missed the playoffs. This is a season where <laughs> they were toe to toe with the Stanley Cup champions. Like like if Yuri Patera doesn't get those two wins, mm-hmm. they win. They, they win the Pacific. Edmonton wins the Pacific. They win the conference, and the whole the the entire playoffs well, advantage is may is have with been them. completely different. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, let's so that's three heart trophies now for Connor McDavid. He's the won trifecta. The, he's won the uh, Ted Lindsay four times. I imagine there will be more Ted Lindsays in his future. And There's again, probably more hearts in his future too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean individual awards. He's he's cleaning up, yeah. and, and and that's that's the type of player that but he is. He should. He's the best player in the world. I agree. He I'm, I'm with up. you. One hundred and ninety-five first place votes. <laughs> one lone. <laughs> Fifth place vote. What are we even doing? Um, Why are we here? Let's talk about the Norris. Um, when we look at, and and to be fair to, to Mallard, he was the only one that correct, well, you and Mallard, I guess, were you correctly predicted the Hart Trophy. It was Connor McDavid won, David Pasternak two, and Matthew Kachuk third. So that's how it all finished out. So you guys got the full slate nine points there. Um, the Norris Trophy was an interesting one. We all got nine points because it was as, as clear as day, even though I, I wake up today and I don't necessarily feel particularly good about it. Um, Eric Carlson wins his third Norris. Uh, it's it's hard to argue that in, in his time as a player in this league, that he is not the most dynamic, most offensively gifted defenseman that's ever played the game. I, I'm not going to go there. And, and again, with as much as 
the Vegas Golden Knights, this fan base, maybe not a fan of Eric Carlson. Specifically, you can't deny how just supremely talented he is from an offensive perspective on the blue line. But, like, I still cannot wrap my head around a minus 26 for a defenseman. Now, all that to say, he was on the ice for 17 empty net goals again, so, like, certainly that inflates the plus-minus number, and I'm not just saying plus-minus is all that you look at there. San Jose's goaltending was horrendous all season long. They were a bad team. Without Martin Jones. When, <laughs> when Eric Carlson was on the ice, you were either even or better in terms of your production, your Corsi, all that stuff. So, like, he is a driver. His best defensive properties are simply his ability to play in the offensive zone. But, like, I still don't feel right about giving a player the Norris Trophy just because they scored 100 points as a defenseman. To me, and this is an argument that I've had for quite a bit, you need to differentiate in terms of those trophies. One, it opens up the pool to so many other players. Right? Like, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Eric Carlson, Quinn Hughes, they're different types of defensemen. They are not the likes of what you'd expect to see or, or what you think about maybe when you're talking about the Norris. Like, I don't necessarily know what you do, who you name it after, the Bobby Orr Award, whatever you want to do. I don't care. But there should be, in my opinion, two awards when it comes to defensemen. Your best offensive defenseman, your best legitimate all-around defender or defensive defenseman. You can have a hard pivot and a hard break between your criteria for those, but with just it being the best defenseman in the league, you open yourself up to now, from this point forward, if any defenseman scores 100 points, they are automatically a Norris Trophy winner. Because My, I don't think Eric Carlson was A, the best defenseman this year, or B, anywhere close to the best defensive defenseman this year. My my issue with this is that basically you have a lot of incredible defensive players in this league. But you limit them to one award. Mm -hmm. Because if you look through the history of the Hart Trophy, do you know who the last defenseman to win the Hart Trophy was? No. Chris Pronger. Oh, okay. In 1999-2000. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to go all the way back to Bobby Orr in 1971-72. Mm -hmm. So you have basically said that a defenseman cannot win the Hart Trophy. Mm -hmm. So you're limiting... Neither can a goalie. Yeah. I mean, because... <laughs> Although Carey Price did win it in 2014-15. So that was the last one? A little more recent, yes. Sure. yeah. But you're right. You have said to the defenseman, there's only one award you can win. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they're such a huge part of the game, as are goalies, but I feel like the Vezina is a little more definitive in terms of who deserves to win that. I feel like the Norris, like you said, it's a little bit more subjective because... There's a lot of really good defensive defensemen who have zero chance to win this award. Uh, 100%. And and I'm going to I'm going to just say it right out not right out loud right now. Alex Petrangelo is one of the best all-around defensemen in the league. And he's got no shot to win the award because he doesn't put up 89 points. He's not going to score 75, 85, 95, 100 points. But you can't but you cannot tell me that he that there are 
a ton more defensive players in the league who are more valuable to their team than Alex Petrangelo is. No, I, I wouldn't. So he gets overlooked. 100%. Which is crap. And again, that's that's the whole point. That's the whole crux of the issue, right? Is that you're sitting here and you've got deserving players and it would just it would make the NHL awards fresher, right? Like it would open up new possibilities for different players that don't get represented as much as they probably should in this league. It's just it's just the way that it is. And you know, I I look at it from that perspective, you would then be highlighting at least Seven to ten different defensemen. Yeah, like like I'm with on you. a yearly basis. Create create an award for the best offensive defenseman. Call it the Bobby Orr Award. I mean, Bobby Orr is maybe mm-hmm. the best player to ever lace him up. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk uh, Calder. So Maddie Beneers wins it. I thought Maddie Beneers was going to win it. I was right. I was clean sweep for me in this category. I had Beneers, Stuart Skinner, Owen Power. You leaned more toward Owen Power being yeah. the the runner up. Um, are you okay with how the results shook out? Yeah, yeah, I, I I think so because I think Stuart Skinner deserves a lot of credit for what Edmonton was able to accomplish in the second half of the season. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. I I mean I I I picked Owen Power, maybe overlooking. How valuable Stuart Skinner was to the Edmonton Oilers, but I got no problem with it. I think it's I think it's fair. I mean, I didn't think either of them were going to beat Maddie Beneers. Maddie Beneers was, I think, hands down the best rookie in the league. Yeah, hundred percent. Selkie Trophy, six Selkies for Patrice Bergeron. Just rename and, it after him. Uh, well, that that's that's kind of the direction I want to go because reports today, more or less from the Boston Bruins, is that they're operating under the assumption that both Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci are going to retire. Wow. Now, anything can happen. It's not a done deal. We thought, deal. We thought maybe Bergeron was going to hang him up last year. Right, exactly. So, like, if you're Patrice Bergeron, you've just won your sixth Selkie trophy. You are going to be heralded as the greatest defensive forward to ever play the game. You're going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer. You've already got a Stanley Cup. Why would you come back? Give it one more shot. At What? I mean, he's got nothing left to accomplish. But like, I but I feel like for a lot of guys, that fire is always there. And I feel like you're one of those players, not just him, but any player, you only have a limited amount of time to play this game. Mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron has the rest of his life to do whatever he wants to do. He's taken a lot of abuse he all has. throughout his career. He has. But I feel like he's also earned the right to, to, to play – until he doesn't want to, and I, and I know you're not disagreeing with that, but I I, I feel like for him, maybe it's selfish because I don't want to see him hang him up. Like I think he's such a great player that you kind of cherish the opportunity to see guys like that play. Mm-hmm. So maybe selfishly, I'm, I'm I'm hanging on, but I mean he's got nothing left to accomplish. He's 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 done everything you need to do in this game. Let me put it in perspective here. Patrice Bergeron has been a finalist for 12 straight seasons. Jeez, man, give someone else a chance. (laughs) That's two years longer than Wayne Gretzky's 10 consecutive years as a finalist for the Hart Trophy. That's incredible. That That is incredible. It is a model of consistency. And you can quibble with whether or not he should have won the awards, when he won the awards. The fact of the matter is, for the last decade plus, 
Patrice Bergeron is the gold standard when it comes to defensive hockey. He just is. Like, for everything we talk about, <laughs> Eric Carlson not being as a defenseman, not living up to, quote, the Norris Trophy and what it stands for, Patrice Bergeron is that in spades for the Selkie. So, like, I'm sitting here, if I'm Bergeron, I'm hanging him up. Like, you're, you're never going to hit a year like you had last year in, in Boston. 65 wins, the absolute juggernaut that they were, and though it sucks the way that they went out, on an individual basis, he has cemented himself as a legitimate great in this game. I don't know why you come back and risk that. Like, if I'm Bergeron, I ride off into the sunset. I was a finalist for the Selkie for 12 years. I won six of them. A 50% win rate for me over the last 12 years. If I come back and I'm not very good, because those things tend to fall off a cliff at some point in time, you want to be remembered for the guy that took home the sixth Selkie in his 12th year as a finalist, not the guy that came back one more year or two more years beyond when he should have just hung him up. And, and I guess to add on to that, if the Boston Bruins don't win the Stanley Cup next year, mm-hmm. they're certainly not going to replicate what they did in the regular season this year. I don't think they're going to replicate what they do in the regular season at all. Yeah, I, I, so, it, so it's, it's, I don't think that 65 wins is ever going to be repeated. I just I don't, don't know if you want to repeat it. Well, based on numbers, no. probably not. No, <laughs> you don't. But I just I don't see it happening. I, I don't think you can have an individual year as a, like as a team better than what you just saw from the Boston Bruins, and it guarantees you nothing. Yeah. No. You 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 bring up a really good point, and there's really like like we've been saying, there's really nothing else for him to accomplish. I mean, he's not going to win a heart. He's not going to win the Art Ross or anything like that. So, what else do you have to to, to do in the game? Anything else stand out uh, to you from the NHL awards? I I will say this. We we talked about it a little bit in the break. Mm-hmm. Um a little awkward, I think, when Jim Montgomery wins the the Jack Adams and he speaks about all the things that he overcame, his his alcohol problems, and then right after that you bring out Zach Whitecloud and the Golden Knights contingent and they're pouring beer in the Stanley Cup and guys are drinking out of it. I think that's a little awkward. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. It was a poor timing situation yeah. from the coordinators of the NHL awards. Yeah, I I, I, I I would imagine they're probably looking back at that today saying, eh, yeah. maybe this wasn't the best idea. Um, I, I absolutely figured Jim Montgomery was going to win it. There were some moments, especially when you and I were talking, where I was a little bit uh, worried about it. because yeah, Lindy did finish second. He did. Um didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I thought yeah. it would be Dave Haxtall, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and so, yeah, I I thought Jim Montgomery's speech was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the moment at the end there with Connor McDavid, like I know you kind of, you went in on him about his acceptance speech and where how he looked during the Ted Lindsay, but uh, when, when, when they were able to bring in um, Ben Stelter's parents, his family, Obviously, Ben was a big part of the... Play La Bamba, baby. Play La Bamba, baby. Uh, a big part of the the Edmonton Oilers um, and, and certainly Connor McDavid. Um, that was a, a really tender moment where you you get a little bit more beyond the lay, beyond the surface layer for Connor McDavid. So I thought that, that yeah, was... They've, they've done a really good job with that, like the mm-hmm. Carey Price moment a couple of years ago. Absolutely. No dry eyes in, in the entire building. 
Um, you know, certainly last night as well mm-hmm. with with Ben. Yeah. You know, if you if you follow the Oilers on YouTube at all, you know what a huge part of that community Ben was. And you know, I'm I cried when when I saw that he passed. It, it was heartbreaking to see and. You know, it, it was a great moment, and it shows the human side of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we overlook that as fans and media that that these guys are human. And we saw Mark Stone this year show a very human side mm-hmm. uh, with the Make a Wish uh, Foundation. So, you know, it's it's I like to see that. I think you see it more in hockey than you do in a lot of other sports. Sure. And it, it was just a, a great moment, and you know it shows that McDavid is, despite the pissiness, and and you know, we how, made a you made a joke about Calgary fan, fans. That's true. That's yeah. true. He's good. He's good. That's but fine. I, I I thought that it, it it was just a really nice, touching moment, mm-hmm. and and it was one that moves me, and I was happy to see it. I I agree with you. Um, congratulations to you, by the way. You are the winner of the. NHL award contest that we did on Friday. Yeah, so I get I get it. Well, I know I'll never get a tootie from Darren. Oh, God, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't agree to anything. <laughs> so, uh, 50, so 55 points for you, uh, 52 points for me, and 47 for Johnny Blue Check Mark. Oh, I think we, that's why he didn't answer the phone. That's probably it. He knew he knew what was coming. <laughs> now, to be fair, um, I have not seen the winner yet of the Jim Gregory Award. I think that that comes out tomorrow. At some point in time, so those results could change, I suppose. Uh, but uh, you, both you and Darren, were the only two players to go over in a category. What category? Jack Adams. No, I thought I had Dave Haxtell third. Mm, okay, you get an extra point. My bad. Uh, you didn't go over. So, so he Johnny, did. so Johnny Blue Checkmark, the only guy to go well, over in he one of the categories, at that, right? Or yeah, was it was not, it the Jim Gregory Award that he sucked at? Well, we don't know that one yet, but uh, Dar- Darren did have a, a rough go on this one as well. But as much as we're talking about Chapman being the big winner, we want to make one of you a big winner right now. A pair of tickets to Battle for Vegas charity softball game. That game will be coming up. On July 22nd, we've got a pair of tickets for you to win right now. Caller number 7, 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Caller number 7, you're going to battle for Vegas. One-timers are next. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. One-timers, news and notes from around the NHL. Um, we already talked Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't know that we need to go in uh, into that again. But I do want to bring back how we opened the show. As we signed on today, breaking news. The Calgary Flames acquire Yegor Sharangovich and a 2023 third-round pick. From the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli, one year left, $4.25 million AAV. I love it for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, it's a good good deal for the Devils, especially, like I said earlier, Sharon Govich is a guy, he, he's never really hit what the Devils expected. He's kind of fallen out of favor with the, with the team. He only had 30 points last year. I think it's a really good move for the Devils to to go out and get a guy like Toffoli, as you mentioned, a winner, a guy who finds his way to the net, scores a lot of big goals, 
Devils are, are, are going all in. Like, they still have well, 19 million in, in cap space. They're probably going to re-sign Timo Meyer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They potentially could be in the market for a goalie. A we'll Connor see. Hellebuck? A Connor I don't know. Hellebuck? We'll see. Can I interest you in a heavily used Connor Hellebuck? I would take that in a heartbeat. Okay. Here's what I like about Toffoli. We remember, as much as we don't want to remember, but we do remember the 56-game season that wasn't played in a bubble but was essentially played in a bubble where it was all intra-division play. And we remember that the Golden Knights played against the Montreal Canadiens in what would have been the conference final, and we know how that ended. And a big part of why it ended the way that it did is because Tyler Toffoli played alongside Cole Caulfield. Tyler Toffoli is very, very, very good at mentoring and bringing along young players. And though Jack Hughes is further along in his development, obviously, than Cole Caulfield is, Tyler Toffoli knows how to play with young guys. He knows how to win with young guys. 34 goals last year for the Calgary Flames were an absolute disaster for the majority of the season. Tyler Toffoli alongside Jack Hughes could be electric. Well, this is a projected top six for the New Jersey Devils. You have Nico Heischer, mm -hmm. who is a finalist for the Selkie. Mm -hmm. Dawson Mercer, who is absolutely electric. Yep. Timo Meyer, yet to be re-signed. But then you get to their second line. Jack Hughes, the aforementioned Tyler Toffoli, yep. and Jesper Bratt. Who had a phenomenal season, very under the radar, a bit kind of overshadowed. But you've got Jack Hughes now with two 70 point guys mm -hmm. next to him. Oh, baby, look out. Jack Hughes making less money <laughs> Pierre -Luc than Dubois. Pierre Luc. 100 Dubois. point guy, he's making less money. And a guy who scored like forty points, right? Forty points I, less. I love, I love this. It's, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's never going to get old. Until, uh, until until Pierre Luc Dubois goes out and has like an eighty five point season. Well, yeah, but even then he's he's still on. not as good as Jack. Hughes. I I will take a Jack Hughes over a Pierre Luc Dubois any day. Like I, I I realize that's not breaking news or anything. Like that's not a spicy take at all. But give me a Jack Hughes over a, a Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, also, the Devils <laughs> acquire a twenty twenty three sixth round pick from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for goaltender. Mackenzie Blackwood. Now, here's the thing. Mackenzie Blackwood, tough year. I think he's in need of a change of scenery. Numbers not great. Underlying numbers not great. The New Jersey Devils, like, it's, it's, they need a goalie, right? Like, I don't think that you're all in on Akira Schmid. And if that's the case, I think you've got to go out there and make a play legitimately for a number one goalie. And I would argue that the best one out there is Connor Hellebuck. But, what about what about Joey Decord, who was with the Coachella Valley Firebirds? They went to the Calder Cup final. They lost in Game Seven. De Decord was fantastic, and has not played enough games for the Seattle Kraken in the NHL to be considered still a restricted free agent. So he will be a UFA. He will be a part of that goaltending class with how well he played in the AHL this year. Might that be a, a player you take a, a flyer on? No, no. I want I want a guy who's established in the oh. NHL, 
Connor Hellebuck's going to cost you a lot. I'm not thinking about Connor Hellebuck. Oh, who are you talking about? I'm thinking about a guy who was under roster with the Los Angeles Kings, who's a UFA. Corpusalo? I would take your... Now... Oh, I don't know about I, that. I would, I would like Hellebuck better, but I don't know if the Devils... Because now you're getting to the point where the Devils are going to have to start giving up players who are depth players for them. Alexander Holtz, maybe. I don't want to see them moving, guys. If you could sign Corpusalo and not have to give up anything... Okay. I think it's a fair it's a fair move because I just don't want to see them get to a point where they're starting to give away their depth because you've given up a few prospects when you made the Timo Meyer deal. Okay. I think Corposalo is is a good goalie. He's he was on a bad team, but we saw the good version of Jonas Corposalo last year. Mm-hmm. We saw him really good when when Columbus was in the bubble. We saw, was in that five overtime game. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. So we've seen flashes of him being phenomenal. He's younger than Hellebuck. Okay. And I think he'd be a lot cheaper. All I'm saying is that when you look at the list right now of unrestricted free agent goaltenders, and that's not to say you can't get a guy via trade. Like Connor Hellebuck, you can have him via trade. Like, are you going all in on Frederick Anderson? No. Or Semyon Varlamov? No. Then... I don't know why you wouldn't try. Well, like, I think you have to try. No, I'm saying I, I don't know why you wouldn't take a shot at a guy like Joey Decord. Because I think you want someone who's established, a guy, I, a guy who's who's. I think they defend well enough to not need a Connor Hellebuck. Now, if they get him, like, good on you. Yeah. But I just don't know that they need a Connor Hellebuck. I need. I think they need a good goalie. Yeah. But not. I, I don't know that they need a goalie to be a difference maker for them. I mean, there's not there's not a ton of good free. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The, the, you know, you're there's gonna, not much out there. You're going to have to make a move for somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Cam Talbot. Nope. It's not going to be Freddie Anderson. No. So I, I don't know. I I don't know where they all, go. But it's I'm certainly saying, something that all I'm saying is keep Joey Decord in the front of your mind. That's all I've got. I don't I don't have inside. People don't tell me things. I'm just saying <laughs> keep an eye on Joey Decord. That's all I've got. Um, Evgeny Dodonov, two years, $2.25 million contract extension with the Dallas Stars. Good for him. Good for him. Great player for them. He was fantastic for them all year long. And as much as the Chicago Blackhawks have found a player to play alongside Connor Bedard in Taylor Hall, Chicago made quick work in signing Nick Felino. One year, $4 million uh, is the contract for Nick Felino. So while Connor Bedard now has somebody to pass the puck to, he's also got somebody that can teach him the ins and outs of leadership and also probably throw down every now and again. If Keep the be. flies off the honey. Uh, you know, that's what the saying is around these parts. And yes. I think that that's something Nick Foligno uh, will really enjoy playing in Chicago with Connor Bedard, the projected number one overall pick in tomorrow's NHL draft. Those are your one-timers for today, Tuesday, June 27th. Catching up with Chapman is next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. So yesterday and part of today, we spent some time poo-pooing Connor McDavid and making fun of him and, Mm -hmm. you know, just having a good time at his expense, despite the fact that the guy cleaned up at the awards again last night. But 
I want to give him a stick tap, give big, big props for something he said after the award show. Mm -hmm. He was asked about the NHL canceling the special pregame warm-up jerseys. And I thought his quote was, was really good. I thought it was spot on. I certainly can't speak for every organization. I know in Edmonton, we were one of the first teams to use the pride tape. I know in Edmonton, in our dressing room, we strongly feel hockey is for everybody. And that includes the pride nights and stuff like that. So, of course, it's disappointing to see. But that being said, that's certainly way above my decision. It's not my call, but obviously it's disappointing to see. Everyone has their beliefs. I can't speak on those. All I can speak for is myself and us in Edmonton. And I know we strongly support those types of nights. Hats off to Connor McDavid. I thought it was a great answer. And I think, you know, he. I think you will find that a lot more players around the league are disappointed that the league made this decision as opposed to there are players who were in favor of it. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think that you, you're hearing a very similar sentiment from from a lot of players. Obviously, of course, over over the course of this week, you have availability now at the uh, at the NHL awards and certainly at the draft and all that. So I, I think that you're right. The 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 use of the word disappointing, like you don't hear that very often from yeah. players in terms of league decisions. So uh, especially a player like McDavid to, to be on the record and and as he's the face of the league clear. As he was, I think, is an important thing for the National Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, when the face of your league is out there saying that he's disappointed mm -hmm. in this decision, yeah, I think it's one that maybe the league should revisit. I think we'll get back there. I think so, too. I don't know how long it'll take, but I think we'll get back there. Yeah. And that goes for all of them. I'm disappointed to see the cancer jerseys go. Yeah. Me, too. We'll be back with you tomorrow. BGK Insider Show.